space frontier. <laughs> in the beginning. In the beginning. Powerful opening in the Bible. In the beginning. What was the beginning? Let's talk about this. I got some verses I want to read that will enlighten you. Okay? Hi, this is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots. Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots, where you will get nothing but real, broken down, Bible study, rightly divided. Divided. In other words, you will get a contextual breakdown of how to study the Bible the right, correct way. Maybe for the first time for your listeners. <laughs> and uh, I don't mean that as I'm bragging anything like that, but it's just when you let the Bible talk and speak for itself, you will get a better understanding of what God's Word is saying. Okay, this is Joseph Brownlee of Connecting the Dots. Joseph Brownlee of Connecting the Dots. What I'm going to be doing here is... I promised you guys a while ago, first of all, without me being sorry for being so rude, hello to all my listeners and to all my followers and to all my curiosity listeners. This is Connecting the Dots, a Bible study podcast program. Connecting the Dots, a Bible study podcast program for believers only. Now, the unbelievers or the unsaved or the curiosity listeners, you're welcome to listen in to it. That's fine. That's dandy. I have nothing against that. But you will get more fruit and get more understanding because the Holy Spirit can work within you much better and realistically when you are a saved person. And that's why I say this study is for, this program is for Bible believers only. I have another program that's called Body of Christ Real Talk. You can get for the unbelievers and for the curiosities and believers. It's for everybody. You can go there to bodyofchristrealtalk.com, which is my website there. I'm going to be building a website for this one later on down the line for believers. But you go to bodyofchristrealtalk.com. Bodyofchristrealtalk.com. All together, don't worry about capitalizations or anything like that. Body of Christ Real Talk. Dot com if you want a more transparent, more topical, I mean, different subjects and different topics. If you like, like politics and stuff like that, or you like different type of topics and subjects, or what's going on around the life, around the church, and believers and unbelievers, you will get that out of Body of Christ Real Talk, okay? So go to bodyofchristrealtalk.com. That's for believers, unbelievers, curiosity seekers, or whatever. Go to Body of Christ Real Talk. Dot com if you want more of a more transparent uh, topical or topic or subject type of show. This one is for Bible believing. This is for Bible study for believers only. So it's mostly geared for believers only. But like I said, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a gremlin. I'm not a, a tyrant. So you are welcome to just uh, stand in and listen to this Bible study if you're not saved. Because I cannot stop everybody from listening to it. The ones that I would never do that. You know, but my goal is for you to be saved. My goal is always for you to be saved. Okay. Without any further ado, 
I'm going to be doing uh, some verse by verse teaching on a few verse, few uh, stories of the Bible. I'm going to be doing some teaching on Genesis. I want to hit Genesis. I want to hit creation. I want to get into uh, uh, the fall of man. I want to get into the books of Noah. I want to get into Cain and Abel. So those, I'm not going to read the whole book of Genesis. I'm not going to read the whole book of Genesis verse, verse by verse. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to read some chapters and some books and um in an, in an exegesis way so I can break down different, so I'll be breaking down as little bit as I can as I read through these books. I'm going to try to do that for now on more of a Bible study on the books of the Bible. Now I will not be doing full books all the time. Now I'm going to tell you which books and this is just a preview of what books, which books I will be studying through that will be fully. It will be mainly the books of the teachings of the Apostle Paul, which is the teachings for the church today, the body of Christ. Therefore, I will be doing some verse-by-verse teaching and studying on that, Lord's willing, in the future, like the book of Galatians, the book of Colossians, the book of Philippians, the book of Ephesians, First and Second Thessalonians, etc., on down in that, you know, maybe even some First and Second Timothy. But I will build up and to, you know, as I study and get more information about those books, because I just don't want to be reading, I want to be able to explain, you know, it better to you and, and break it down to my new believing listeners that don't don't understand the Bible as well, even some old believers like myself. But I will be breaking down and doing verse by verse studying of the Bible, and so you can get the whole picture and a story of the Bible. I'm not claiming I know everything about the Bible. Let me get this route. This is my disclaimer. I'm not claiming I know everything about the Bible. I just let the Holy Spirit lead me from there, and what I don't know or understand, I will let you know. You will get that out of me. I will let you know. I'll try to stay away from ice. Jesus or add into the Bible and I try to stay away from taking away from the Bible. I just try to read the Bible as literally as I can. I have learned to do that and I learned you go a longer way and you be more honest when you do make mistakes. At least, at least I know I didn't do it purposely but what I do, I try to do some studying. I try to do a little word study. I'm doing more word studying now from um, so I can understand the King James Bible more than any other translation out there because I, I believe that the King James, I used to believe this, you know, I used to uh, listen to uh, read other translations as well, not a lot of them, but mainly the Living Bible, which I still do off and on, but I do not use that Living Bible as a study Bible, no way, the King James, James Bible to me is the preserved Word of God, so what I will be doing though, uh, for my, for my, uh, sensitive ear listeners that's not really King James learners. I'm very patient. I'm not like a lot of teachers. They just want you to understand the King James without breaking down what these words mean, you know. And I know a lot of words that's not used for today in our English vernacular. Vernacular. It's a lot of old English, you know, uh, usage of words, you know. That's another teaching in itself. But what I will be doing, I would be paraphrasing out of the Living Bible if it adds up, if it just adding up what the King James Bible says. If not, I will not. I just give you the best interpretation or I will tell you. I let you know. I will be getting back to you on that on something I don't understand. Okay? Is that fair enough? Fair enough? Because this is this is what I do. 
and connecting the dots. It's also when I do Body of Christ Real Talk, I like to be straight up. I be like to be really transparent and be honest with my listeners because y'all don't even have to listen to me. Y'all spend time listening to me. I got to be do the best way I can. And if you have any ideas, you have any other study tools or anything like that, I'm open to it. Leave comments or whatever like that. If you disagree, let me know and tell me why and different things like that. It's okay. But what I'm going to be doing, I'm just going to be reading this Bible of the knowledge that I have learned from my own studying and the input of the Holy Spirit within me. So, you know, you might not agree on some of the things that I my interpretation, but I'm going to interpret the best way I can. If you have another interpretation, I understand. Let me see that. Let me know why I'm wrong. That okay? Don't don't be afraid. You know, let me know what I learned. And we'll go from there as long as it is biblically correct. All right. Okay. So what I'll be doing, I'll be doing verse by verse uh, studies on different books of the Bible and stuff like that, you know. And I really have not been doing verse on verse. I done it years and years and years ago, back in man and the and, and and ladies in the nineties. I remember I done a study on Matthew, Luke, and different books of the Bible, even epistles. But man, I I was I, I broke them down. I done study. I looked at the history and different things. So it's not the first time I have done Bible studies or anything like that. But I haven't done as much as word studying like I do now since I've been writing the writing God's word. So I have done Bible study before, verse by verse. I, I, I held cell uh, groups and I held different groups. And cell groups just mean a double, a group of believers, young and old believers, getting together, to learn how to read the Bible. So it ain't like I never talked the Bible before, but. At that time, I had to let go or unlearn what I have learned, what I knew then, because I I was wrong. So a lot of people, you know, it wasn't real outrageously wrong, but then it wasn't purposely. But I know I told a lot of eisegesis stuff up, and that because I was learned, I was taught how to read the Bible a certain way. So I read a lot of commentaries. I, 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 I read a lot of dictionaries, which is not a bad thing, you know. But at that time, you got to understand a lot of commentaries and a lot of commentators come out of denominations. So their input and interpretation sometimes is going to mislead you because a lot of their interpretation or their uh, even their contextual teaching will be from their denominational teaching. And that's what the mistake comes in when it comes to a lot of commentaries. And I'm not saying don't, 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 don't study, don't uh, take advice or listen to commentaries. I'm just letting you know, be careful with that, you know. So the best interpretation of the Bible is the Bible itself. Let me say that again. The best interpretation of the Word of God is the Word of God himself. If you and I is are patient enough, Okay. Now, it's good to still have a good dictionary, and it's still okay to have a good commentary, but make sure, because I don't expect everybody to be perfect and do everything right. None of us are going to be like that, but just be careful you don't put those things over the Bible, especially the King James Bible, okay, if you're a King James Bible reading reader, okay. I'm saying all this because I'm going to be doing some verse-by-verse teaching, and I want you to just listen carefully to what I am teaching. I'm teaching all what I what I learned or what I believe that can be true, that is true, or that can be true, or it's just an, an opinion what I feel about it. So I feel if you read the Bible literally, you won't go wrong. You might still make mistakes because nobody got the Bible pegged and down, packed 
100% in line as they say they do. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. You know, it's a lot of people out there that say they, they got the word and they know what they, you know, now get out that area. It's a lot of errors. I see a lot of smoke, you know. You know, you don't because I find errors in your teaching as well as you can find it in mine. So let's just be honest and let's just try to read the Bible the best way we can and let the Holy Spirit leave us. First of all, studying the Bible. You got to know how to rightly divide it. Studying the Bible, you have to read it contextually. You have to read it contextually. Studying the Bible, you got to know who the Bible is talking to, who the author is talking to, why, what, where, and when. We have to know that when we're reading the Bible because therefore, and let me give an example. When I grew up and I learned how to read the Bible or study the Bible, it was mostly because somebody told me how to read the Bible and how the Bible is supposed to be read or what this is supposed to be read or what this really means. So I, 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 I listened to a lot of ministers and I listened to a lot of preachers and, you know, in my back day. Thank God for those because I got a lot, of, uh, a lot of teachers from a lot of these ministers and preachers and everything like that. I listened to a lot of ministers. <laughs> And a lot of teachers, uh, uh, and and just uh, and, and just put them all together with the, uh, my my uh, personal teaching of myself and what I have learned is you know about the about the Bible itself. I was taught that mostly everything in the Bible was for me. You know the different kind of gifts and the different type of promises that was basically for Israel. I felt I believed it was for me because I was taught that way. It's not because I read it out of the Bible. Listen carefully, and you probably the same way too if you're honest. It's not because I read it out of the Bible. It's because I was told it was for me and everything else. I just started reading afterwards. I just took it as the whole Bible was for me, Joe. I wasn't getting majority of stuff wasn't happening in my life even though I don't care how much I prayed and supposed to be praying and tongues and all that because I didn't understand I've done it out of ignorance I've done it out of ignorance I thought it was for me so what I'm trying to get to now when you read the Bible verse by verse and understanding the Bible what you have to understand is when you're trying to read the Bible you know you must understand who is talking why when what where you know the who is very important. What group of people is he talking to? Because the whole Bible is for us, but the whole Bible is not to us. I know you probably heard that before, but it's true. The whole Bible is for us, but the whole Bible is not to us. God has different programs. He talked, He gave different administrations, different dispensations to different people within the Bible, the work, within the whole 66 books of the Bible. Okay, It's only a percentage of the Bible today for us to really take heed to obey. Now, I'm not saying the, whole, the, the the rest of the Bible is for our learning. It's inspired by God. It's for our learning. We get a lot of learning. And some things in the Bible is for today as well. So that don't mean we don't obey certain things because we're in a dispensation of grace and we're under the teachings of the Apostle Paul. Do not get that twisted. That's, that's, that does not mean you can't get no type of... Uh, you know, no type of principles and no type of uh, learning out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, or the past Bible. No, I'm not saying that. But you got to understand which things are for you today that's going to work for you today that will not work for you from you getting it out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John or from the, uh, the past books of the Bible. You understand what I'm saying? 
That's what I mean about the whole Bible is for us, but the whole Bible is not written to us. The whole Bible is written for us. Some, most of us, for our learning, for our understanding, our historical views, and what things we should not be doing. And some of it is strictly written to you. It's just like you writing four or five different letters. You wrote four or five different letters to four, four, four or five different people. They're specifically for that person. Okay? Whatever letter I give that person is written specifically for them. That means you cannot take that letter and use it. That other person cannot take your letter and use it. It's specifically for you. But you can get some understanding and some historic information and some knowledge out of that letter. But the principles are not for you. It's for that person that I gave it to. You understand what I'm saying? This is how the Bible is. That's why so many denominations are confusion now. Okay, let me get that out of the way. So what I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be teaching and reading the Bible. Verse by verse. I'm just some of it is self-explanatory. I will be reading out the King James Bible and I will be using once in a while the Living Bible so you can give it a better when it lines up with the King James. Not the King James when we're lining up with the Living Bible. The Living Bible got to line up with the King James. Okay? I like to say things twice so you can get it in your head. You know, my famous line is to get it in your head so you can get it in your heart. I'm not looking for the King James to line up with the Living Bible. I'm looking for the Living Bible to line up with the King James. Bible. Why? Because I believe without a doubt that the King James Bible is the preserved word of God. Okay. That's what I believe. That's my opinion. Okay. So I will once in a while be doing a little cheat sheet and living the living Bible when you can't understand the old English language. I'm just doing this for understanding language purposes. Lingo wording like the this and the wince and the whys and the winces and stuff like that. That's why I use the living Bible so can, you can have a more plain vernacular you know to understand what God's words are saying. Because it's all about understanding God's words so you can interpret God's words the correct way. You got me? You got me on that listeners? Okay. God bless you all. <coughs> okay. I'm going to be reading Genesis. I'm going to be I'm going to read Genesis. I'm going to read the story of creation. Then I'm going to get into the uh, creation meaning Adam and Eve as well. Then I'm going to give a breakdown on uh, the fall of man. You know Satan and all that stuff. Then I'm going to get into Cain and Abel. Then I'm going to read about the book of Noah. Then I'm gonna stop right there. I'm gonna read those all the way up until then, but slowly, not right after each other, but I'm just going to do this slowly and in gaps, so I want you to understand it, don't look for a series, but I'll be, do, I'll, be, I'll be reading it, so you can get a basic understanding of those important issues of those books of the Bible, the story of creation, the story of the creation of man, the story of the fall of man, which women too, you know, that story, then you go into Cain and Abel, then you go into, you know, the, the books of Noah and the, 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 uh, the Tower of Babel because all those, it's a lot of history that we don't understand about the Bible, including myself, that, you know, since rightly divided, I'm able to break it down a little more better with for myself. And then what I learn, I teach to others. It's all about me learning what I learn. I teach and what I teach, I learn, okay? That I use those repetitionally because that's, that's what I do. Because it's for real, this is what I do. Okay. I'm going to read a few verses and then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to come back. I'm going to read a few more verses and then I'm going to stop because sometimes it takes a while to elaborate on certain things. Some things in the Bible, especially King James, is self-explanatory, you know, and I would be pity piggybacking with the uh, the Living Bible for a better uh, plain talking parable 
since we don't talk the English literature no more, we need to talk like I'm talking to somebody person in plain English. That's why I use the Living Bible for that purpose only, okay? All right. So we're going to start the book of Genesis. Oh, very exciting. The book of Genesis. All right. All right. So get prepared. I'm going to do this maybe maybe 15 minutes, 15 more minutes, 15 more minutes. I'm going to read the book of Genesis. Now, what does Genesis mean, first of all? Genesis means beginning. That's all Genesis means is the beginning, the beginning of everything, the beginning of time itself. I can't break down time. Only God can do that. No man can do that. No theologian. Nobody. The be- Genesis mean the beginning. So the book of Genesis, you could just say it's the book of beginnings, okay? Genesis means the book of beginnings, the beginnings, not the Old Testament. I'm not, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'll talk about that later. It's not the Old Testament. It's the book of beginnings. Now, who wrote the book of Genesis? The book of Genesis wrote by Moses. So, woo, how did Moses write that? Now, Moses wrote that before he even passed away. Moses God gave a Moses a vision. It's the only way Moses could have knew about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and stuff like that. See, the five books of the Bible is called the Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The five books, I think I said it in the right order, but it's the five books of Moses. Moses wrote those five books. How, when, I don't know the time or nothing like that, but I know he wrote it according to history and according to a lot of theologians, teachers. God gave him a for future vision of what's going to happen. That's not hard to understand when you know God. God can give you a what give you some information. He gave them information. I'm not going to say us because people say, oh, I told you you could predict. No, you can't. But I'm just, back then there was a lot of foreknowledge. It was a lot of foretelling. Moses had the ministry also of prophet in him, so God gave him a vision of what was going to happen in the future. That's the best way I can break this down. That's why he was able to pin down Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. There's no other way God foretold him what to write down, and he wrote it, okay? Not after he was dead or nothing like that or whatever. Not that he was in those times. Of course he wasn't in the beginnings, but God gave him a foreknowledge of what about the past and the future, okay? That's the only way he could have known, all right? All right, so Genesis means beginnings. That's very important. Genesis means beginnings, okay? I don't have a breakdown like Les Feldick about what time this was about. You know, if you want to do some more Genesis teaching, go to Les Feldick, and there's a lot of other breakdowns that they can break down the times and whatever like that. I don't have that with me now, but I'm just going to give you a basic view. Okay, before I start, you hear all that noise. I mean, ambulance coming back and forth, so I'm not in the sound proof location that you can hear a lot of the ambulance and a lot of loud cars and this is it's going into the spring summer now as well so you can hear a lot of noise so excuse me for that you know that noise and everything so i just want to get my let my listeners knows beforehand know beforehand okay all right Get prepared for the tongue tying too, especially when it comes to the King James, man. Your tongue get tired of reading the King James and blah, 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 and it can get confused. That's why I get my little companion of the Living Bible to help me out a little bit on that, okay? Because you know about the uh, the language barrier. We don't talk this way, so how I have a hard time uh, talking 
modern day or slang English, let alone old English. So, you know, you're going to get your tongue tied because that's not the natural way of today in the English vernacular that we talk. So I can understand people not wanting to read the King James Bible, but this is the Bible we need to understand. Then those words become simple. But I'm going to tell you right now, when you're reading the King James Bible, don't try to read it fast. <laughs> okay, don't try to because it's going to sound foolish, it's going to sound like it's not making sense. That's why a lot of people don't understand what it says. They use different wording and languages, okay, that need to be broken down, you know, in Hebrew and Greek. Now, I'm not saying you need to know Hebrew and Greek to understand Genesis and understand the Bible because you don't. It's okay to do that, but it's, I'm letting you know right now, you don't. I have no degree of nothing in that, you know. I can even I can even understand some of the upside down letters and none of that stuff. But by the Holy Spirit, we can understand the King James Bible. We need to just stop being lazy and be so fast to run to another translation. Stop being lazy and understand. Try to get to understand the real preserved word of God, in my opinion. Okay. Genesis. The beginning. The first book of Moses called the beginnings. I'm just going to say that the first book of Moses called the beginnings. Genesis. All right. Number one. Verse one. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Okay. In the beginning. Beginning of what? Just the beginning. Whatever the beginning is in the eyes of God. I can't comprehend the beginning. You cannot comprehend the beginning. You cannot say. You and I cannot say, okay, when it was the beginning. So, let's look at it this way. In the beginning, God just made a beginning, not for himself, but for the reader. Not for himself, but for the reader. So, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I'm going to be putting a lot of, be putting a lot of emphasis on words, because that's very important when you're reading the Bible, especially the King James Bible, on words. So, I'm going to make it as plain as I can, if I can if I understand it. In the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God knows what the beginning. I, I can't put a time frame on that. I don't know. But the beginning is, this is the beginning where God created the heaven and the earth, okay? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, I want you to put, also listen to heaven. Some translation, most translation will have heavens. It's okay. It's okay. That I'm not going to get into arguing over that. It's okay. But there's a reason why the King James only used heaven. Okay? It's not a mistake. Like some people might say it is. It's not a mistake. There's a reason that God used the word heaven. Why? Because he's creating the heaven. Hmm. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Okay? Remember, heaven is different than heavens. Heavens is members of more than one heavens, but I'm getting ahead of myself. In the beginning, God created the heaven, singular, and the earth. Okay? Now, verse 2 says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness upon, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, let's break this down. That's why I said it's going to take a while to explain, because people could read this the wrong way. I used to. And the earth was without form and void. Now, you have many different teachings on that. What does this mean when it says the earth was without form? You have some theologians, you have some historians, and I'm going to give you my intake of it. I could be wrong and I could be right. But this is what they say. They believe, the, uh, many people believe the earth was the old, the earth was created before. And it was destroyed because of the fall of Satan. <laughs> Excuse me. He 
probably some of you probably have heard that analogy or that takedown, you know, before that the earth was already formed and it was already destroyed. So therefore it was formless. That's a that's a take that some theologians follow. So they believe you got your believers that believe that the earth is about 6,000 or some thousand years. Then you got some believers that believe the earth is millions of years before that. So you have, still, and these are believers. These are not atheists. These are believers, but atheists run away with the other one, you know. But I'm not going to get into that now. So you have those type of beliefs when it comes to without form and void. They believe because of the fall of Satan and, you know, when God kicked them out, that Satan dwelled on the earth or whatever like that. And when it was corruption, so the earth was destroyed before. You have some, I might be misinterpreting that, but you have some type of beliefs on that, okay. All right, and the earth was without form and void. What I believe... What I believe, and I got some help on this myself, and when I keep looking at this, it says, the earth was without form. Well, God created the heaven and the earth, okay? He goes right to the earth. He don't say too much about the heaven anymore, but he goes right to the earth. Very interesting, okay? And the earth, he didn't say, and the heaven and earth was without form. He just says, and the earth, in verse 2, was without form and void. The way I look at that, is I look at it and others too look at it is this way when he first formed the earth of course it's going to be without form because he haven't put anything in it yet see I could be wrong so don't quote me on that I could be wrong but this is the way I look at it when I take it literally and the earth was without form and void meaning it was empty okay it was empty he made the earth but he hasn't put nothing in it yet he hasn't formed anything around it yet that's the way I look at it, okay? You might look at it in a different way because of different teachings, whatever like that. You know, that's you. But the way I see it, I'm going to take it literally. The earth was without form and void, okay? And as far as the earth being 6,000, 7,000 years, I believe the earth is only six or 7,000 years old. That's just my opinion. I don't believe it's millions of old and it was destroyed before. I don't believe that. I don't I don't see that nowhere in the Bible, so that's just me. But I don't I don't see that. I believe it's about at least 7,000, 7,000 years old. Okay, and the earth was without, without form and void. I mean, the earth was without form and void. God made the earth. Okay, this is my interpretation, but he hasn't put nothing in it. He hasn't formed nothing in it. In it or around it, yes. So, and other 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 contexts will prove that as I read down without form and void. I'm giving about five, ten more minutes, okay? So that's my interpretation on that. Without form and void, he hasn't put nothing in it yet. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Who's the spirit of God? The Holy Spirit. Remember, the spirit of God is the Holy Spirit moved upon the face of the waters. Okay. Now we all know. Now not we all don't know, but we know Jesus was the creator. Okay, Jesus was the creator. Okay, because it's proven that in the Colossians and other books like that, Jesus was the creator. So we said the spirit of God, this was formed, so it could be a little confusion. But I'm just going to read the uh, Genesis in its entirety. I'm not going to get into that right now, so I won't confuse all my listeners and everything like that, you know, of other teachers I told about that, Christ being the, the uh, creator of the heavens and the earth. Okay, remember, Jesus is God, God the Son. So, let me continue. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, remember I said earlier, God is mentioned over 33 times all the way through, I think, the second, third or fourth verse in the second chapter. Just God. 
God is Yahweh. The Hebrew word Yahweh. The, it's, that's the way, they, the best way man could pronounce it. But it was Y-H-W-H, I believe. They could not pronounce God's name. But it means Yahweh Elohim. It means Yahweh Adonai, Yahweh, God, Jehovah. You know, Jehovah. It became, it became Yahweh, then most people we know as Jehovah. So, Jehovah, Yahweh. No, Yahweh, okay? Some some people call him Yahweh. But God, but God, as you mentioned, 33 times. 29, I believe, in the first uh, chapter of Genesis. Very interesting. I'm going to get into that, but I'm going I'm to go slowly but surely. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, or Yahweh, or Jehovah said, let there be light. And there was light, okay? Verse 4. Some of them is self-explanatory. I don't have to break that down. You know how powerful God. God speaks things to existence. If you need to break down, some of you that need to break down. God said, let there be light. It was just light. He didn't get his hands out there and create nothing. He just said, let it be. He spoke into existence. This is not law of attraction. This is God. God, the only one can speak things into existence. Man cannot. The law of attraction teachings and all that other garbage, no. All that faith teaching and speaking things existing, no, that's a lie. That's just false teaching from the enemy. God, the only one, can speak things to existence. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Yes, he spoke this into existence. Verse 4, and God saw the light, that it was good. Remember, everything God made is good. That means good in the eyes of God is what? Perfect. Remember that. When God said it was good, the good in the eyes of God is perfect. Everything God made is perfect. When he making himself, it's perfect. It was corrupted by man and sin laid on down the line. But everything before that was good, perfect. Okay, remember that. When you hear good, just think of perfectness. Okay, readers and listeners, perfect. And God saw that the light, that it was good. It was perfect. And God divided the light from the darkness. So it was light and darkness. God split them and divided them. You know what divided means. Verse 5. And God called the light day where you can see things more clear, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Six, and God said, let there be a firmament. Now, the word firmament, I looked it up, the word firmament means space or sky. So, he's talking about the heaven, the firmament of the heaven. That's the heaven around the earth, the sky, and different things like that, okay? It can also mean space, but right now he's talking about the sky. And God said, let there be a firmament, or in other words, let there be space, or let there be a sky in the midst of the waters. Over the waters, let there be a sky. He's forming the sky now, okay, over the waters. And let it divide the, divide the waters from the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. Now, I don't understand that too much. So I'm going to keep going on that one. So if you have any idea what they mean, you let me know. Divide the waters from the waters. I mean, I'm going to break it down like this. I believe it was an in-between. The sky was dividing the waters from the top, from the water, from the bottom. That's the way I get it. Because remember, up in the skies, there is a firmament of waters. And then you have the other water. So I believe the waters, the, the sky was between the two waters from the top of the heavens, which is the sky on earth and at the bottom. Okay. And God made another firmament and divided the waters. Okay. Which were under the firmament from the waters, which were above the firmament. And it was so space. 
But remember, the word firmament using it in this context is space. First, it was the firmament of the, the, the first heaven on earth, the sky. The blue skies and everything like that, the sky, the atmosphere on the earth. This firmament is the earth. All right, and God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters and were above the firmament, and it was so. Okay, verse 8 and God called the firmament heaven. Okay, remember when I say you have three heavens you have the earthly heavens, the atmosphere, the skies where the birds fly, and different things like that. Then you have the second heavens, outer space, or whatever. Then you got the third heavens. Okay, and God called the firmament heaven, not plural, but heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. So he's talking about the earthly firmament, the heaven, the first heaven, okay? Now heavens, the first heaven, okay? And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear and it was so, okay? God speaking all this stuff into existence. Now, I don't have to go through a breakdown through everything. Some of this is just mainly self-explanatory, and it's just unimaginary. It's, we just can't comprehend it with our eyes. But letting the waters under the heaven, that means the heavens underneath the oceans and the seas, be gathered together to one place and let the dry land appear. Even dry land, God spoke dry land to existence. This is powerful. God spoke dry land into existence. And it was so. Meaning it was so, that means he spoke it. Okay, he spoke it. He didn't get his hands out there and do nothing like that. No, God is spirit. He's invisible. He spoke into existence. Verse 10. And God called the dry land earth. Okay, God called the dry land earth. Anything, the ground, land, around the it's earth. The earth is earth. See, you got to have earth. When people just say, you know, we pulled up. You ever heard that term? Somebody say, yeah, I've got some earth in my house or whatever like that. Just talk about dirt and stuff like that. That's what they mean. You know, the dry land and the dirt, anything from the ground, it's earth. You know, that's, a lot of scientists use that word as well. And the gathering together of the waters called, he sees the waters that he had the heavens on top and, and at the bottom. He named them seas. And it just come out seas. God named those waters seas. And God saw that it was good. God saw that it was perfect. I'm going to stop there. Ooh, I'm going to stop there. Isn't this exciting? See, when you break it down, Slowly but surely, when you break it down, you can understand even in the King James Bible, when you do a little word study, we must learn how to be word studiers. If you want to learn how to use the King James or read the King James, you must trust God, pray, and get some word study books or learn how to do a word study on different words in the Bible because we don't use, we don't call certain things firmness no more or whatever like that. We don't use certain things in the uh, old English that we use today. There's another term we might use, but they mean the same thing or they could mean something more different. So we must understand and be word studying people when it comes to the King James Bible. Then the King James Bible, the most preserved, the most only preserved Bible to read to me in the world. Okay? All right. This is Joseph Brown. I'm going to start right there, and I'm going to leave it at that. But I'm also going to give you a chance to, to understand it in the Living Bible, a more paraphrase look at it, or what, I've, what I have read. So, do you want to hear that now? Okay, what I'm going to do now, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to read it in the Living Bible. Now, I broke it down in the King James Bible, but I'm going to tell you some of the errors that some translations can make when they're using reading 
um, the book of the books of the Bible, especially trying to translate it, you know, comparison between parallel Bibles. Some people that I used to have in myself, and this is a parallel on my tablet that I'm looking at now, you know, breaking down. Remember, Genesis mean the beginning. So I read all the way to uh, 1 to 10. And I broke down the best way I can what these meanings mean. Now, this is a plainer way, you know, and I'm going to let you know if it's some type of error or something I don't disagree with. Okay, let's read it in the Living Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So that's an error right there, heavens. Most other newer translations have heavens, but the King James has heaven because it was created in heaven. They haven't gotten to the heavens yet. That starts in the second chapter, but we're going to get into that later. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep of the waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Remember, this is the Living Bible. Verse 3, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. He spoke into existence. Okay, that's okay. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. Verse 5, God called the light day. He called it the light day. It was just light. Brightness had no name. Light had no name until God called it day. And the darkness, night. Darkness was just darkness, you know. God called it night. Okay, we've been calling those day and night ever since. And evening passed, and morning came, making the first day. These just the days of the week. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heaven from the waters of the earth. I broke down that what that means uh, from, the, from the different types of sets of water, how God separated it. And that is what happened. God made the, this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. Verse 8, Living Bible. God called the space sky. Like I broke down skies. Okay, he called the firmament sky. Okay, and evening passed. So that's a good translation right there. God calls the space sky. So that's a pretty decent translation. And evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. So what I do, I try to, I give a translation a benefit of the doubt. If it's a right, correct translation. Because everything in these translations are not wrong. But a lot of them are. <laughs> but, a, you know, a lot of them are. I'm just trying to get you the ones that's correct okay verse 9 then God said let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry, dry ground so dry ground may appear and that is what happened well I'm getting flipped up over even playing or paraphrasing English Woo! God called the dry ground land okay and the water seas, and God saw that it was good. See the different translation when it comes to earth and dry ground and land. It's okay. It's not. Don't get bent out of shape because it, he's not saying land and earth. You get the you, you get the gist of it. Then God said, "Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed bearing plant fruit." I went ahead of myself, but I stopped on ten. I went ahead. So that's the Living Bible breakdown. Well, it's not too bad. Pretty good translation. It's not bad at all. So you can go a long way with that and everything. You know, it's different when they say earth and land because of the different ways that it's being used. I'm more interested of taking away and lightening up the deity of Christ. That's why I'm more interested when it comes to a translation. That's why I only read the different Bible. This is Joseph Brownlee of my first ever breakdown of Genesis 1. And I'm going to read all of Genesis slowly but surely. So keep, just stay close and pay attention 
to my links where I will let you know the next continued teaching. Remember, I stopped on verse 10. Stopped on verse 10 in the beginning. Remember, Genesis means beginning. Genesis means beginning. Not the law, not the Old Testament. Genesis is not the Old Testament. Genesis is the beginnings, okay? All right. God bless you all. This is Joseph Brownlee of Connecting the Dots. Joseph Brownlee of Connecting the Dots. Stay tuned for more Bible study and more Bible tips and more Bible knowledge on how to rightly divide God's Word on this show, Connecting the Dots, where you learn how to read the Bible the correct way, rightly dividing the Word of God. God bless you all. Love you all. Salvation is the key. Please give your heart to Christ by believing in his death, burial, and resurrection. That's the only way of being saved today in this dispensation and this administration by accepting, receiving what Christ done for you on the cross over 2,000 years or so ago, okay? That's the only way to be saved today, okay? Believing and receiving. Just can't just say, I believe it happened. You have to receive it for a change in your life. Therefore, you must come with a contract, a repent of heart, repent of me, a change of mind. You must feel sorry. That's also me, repent of God, repent of certain things. A lot of times it meant he felt sorry. He regret that he done it and me resigned. Even though he knew it was going to happen, even though he could see the past from the future, God does not still, it does not, it does not change the way he felt. In other words, even though he knew it was going to happen. So we have a wonder God that can understand our, our feelings, our firmness and stuff like that. The Bible talks about that, about Jesus. So come with repentance and a contrite heart. And really for a contrite heart, I mean, you come to change. You really to change and get out of that mess that you're in. Not only just believing, but you're receiving for a change in your life and believing. And then you will be saved. God bless you. Bye-bye. This is Joseph Brown and Connecting the Dots. Stay tuned for another segment on the teaching out of Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Coming up. God bless y'all. Bye-bye. Love you.